Every preacher's got to have a runway. Say amen right there. All right. Here we go. All right. Say, preacher, what are you doing? We're building a church. We're building a church. There we go. We need a little bit bigger church than that. Come on, man. Give me a little. Come on. Big church. There we go. All right. All right. Isn't it good to be saved? How many of y'all appreciate air conditioning right about now? Yeah, God is good. He sure is. We are going to look at a passage of Scripture that I was, I was really looking at. And we're gonna, here's what we're going to do. We're going to really look at the New Testament model, the New Testament model for the early church. Perfect, perfect. All right, now that, all that building's got me winded. All right, church say amen. Now, Acts chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Let's get over there real quick and we'll get started. We'll get started here today. Man, I am so glad to be in God's house. I, I, I tell you, what we go through throughout the week, what we go through throughout the week, it, it just makes you appreciate what you get when you get here on the weekend. Amen? So, and, and by the way, I want you all to help me. Uh, uh, I've got a pastor friend of mine that's really going through a difficult time. And, uh, and, and I don't want to be too specific on it. Because uh, we got a lot of people that watches our services, amen? And, but will y'all help me pray for him today? Will y'all help me pray for him and his family? Especially today. Uh, today is a real pivotal day, and, uh, and I want to I wanna pray for him. So I want to do that uh, before that we start, all right? Can we do that? Will that be all right with everybody? Dear Heavenly Father, <clears throat> I am so grateful and thankful for the spirit that's in this place. I am thankful that you show up on a regular basis right here. I'm thankful for the building you've given us. I'm thankful for the people you've given us. Lord, I'm thankful for everything that you have done in this place. And nobody here takes credit. Everybody, everybody here knows it's all about you. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll be with our pastor. Lord, I pray that you will touch him. Lord, I pray that you, you know who it is. Lord, you know who we're praying for. And God, I pray that you'll strengthen him this morning. I pray that you'll put a hedge about his family this morning. I pray that you'll give him a supernatural courage this morning. I pray in Jesus' name that you will just move according to your perfect will. But God, in the meantime, in the midst of it, give him peace. Lord, I pray that you'll strengthen his soul. God, will thank you for it, and we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it. Amen. Let's read. Let's read just about, about eight verses here this morning, and I'll let you sit down, all right? Now, Peter and John went up to... No, 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 back up, back up. Go back to verse 47. I just about messed up right there. Chapter 2, verse 47, because this is a continuation. What we are reading is a continuation of the last verse in chapter number 2, okay? It says that they were praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church, Save. the Lord added to the church, Save. such as should be saved. In other words, all those being saved, God was adding to the church. How was he doing it? Save. Daily. Now, how did he do that? How did he do that? How, how was it? Because see, in modern, modern day church, most people think, you know, you get saved on Sunday and Wednesday, you know? Uh, that's because you're supposed to go to church to get saved. That's what most people think. But that's not the biblical model. And we'll see. Now, how did, how did they get saved daily? All right, the Bible says in chapter number 3, verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple 
at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Now, we know this is not, this is not a Sabbath day or this is not a Lord's day because they wouldn't be doing that stuff uh, because it would be classified as work. So we know this is just a, an ordinary day. This is an ordinary day during the week. The Bible says they would take this crippled man, this lame man, and they would lay him at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them, or charity, some money, can you help me, that entered into the temple. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asking alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. That's all the proof you need. The apostles were Baptists. And all God's people say it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to throw that in there. But, but, such as I have. How many of y'all have something? Such as I have, give I thee. And I might not have silver, but I got Jesus. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. I pray that you'll bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> if we go through the book of Acts, this is really, uh, we're going to try to finish up this series today. Uh, we've gone through Acts 1 through uh, the first part of Acts chapter 3 and, and basically seen a lot, of the, a lot of the characteristics of the early church and what they did and how they did it and so forth and so on. And, and here, if you, if you continue through the book of Acts, and I would encourage you to do that, yeah, we go into detail next semester. I'm going to be teaching Acts chapter, or Acts chapter 2, Acts part 2 uh, in our, our TBI classes. And, and we'd like to invite you to come to that, be a part of that, having a great time with that. But if you continue to read through the book of Acts, you'll find out that their Christianity was a daily thing, not a weekend thing. If you'll look, in Acts 2.46, the Bible says they met daily. In Acts chapter 2, verse 47, they won souls daily. In Acts 6, 1, they cared daily. In Acts 16, 5, they increased in number daily. In Acts 17, 11, they searched the scriptures daily. Now, what does that mean? It was not just a Sunday deal. I was reading through this, and, and there were so many titles that came to my mind that I want to preach about. Uh, but one that stuck in my head was this. Are you a weekend warrior, or are you a daily disciple? Are you a weekend warrior, or are you a daily disciple? Or we can put it this way. Is Christianity, is Christianity a part of your life, or is it a way of life? Now think about this. We need to really get honest with ourselves about this. Because there are so many Christians who, who and I use, that, I use that term very loosely because there's a lot of people that they have God on the side. 
and, and he is there in case of emergencies. And I want to live my life, I want to run my life, I want to do what I want to do, but just in case something goes wrong, just in case I need him, I've got him there in my hip pocket. So I'll, I'll give him a token of my money. I'll give him a token of my time. I'll give something, whatever I have left over, just so he will be there when I need him. But that is not biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity is not a part of my life. It is a way of life. It is not something that I show up on Sunday and do. It's not something that I show up on Sunday and I put my Christian face on and I put my Christian suit on and I put my Christian behavior on so I can go to church so everybody else can think I'm a Christian and then when I leave the building, I can go live like I want to live and act like I want to act and do what I want to do. Some people in here, the only place that people think you're a Christian is here. Are you a weekend warrior? Or are you a daily disciple? Because (laughs) it's not what happens in this building. Here's my church. Y'all see my little church? Isn't this great? I am, am, am I in the building or out the building? I'm in the building, right? So, uh, stuff happens in the building. Now, Now, inside and outside, let's use those words. (laughs) <laughs> we're going we're gonna to use this all day, okay? In this story, in this story, we're going to find, we're going to find that there's some folks on the inside and there's some folks on the But what really matters is not as much on the inside as much what happens on the You see... And, and I hope I can get this the way I, I want to get it across. The, most Christians, their Christianity consists of what happens on the... They'll come, they'll dress up, grab my Bible, and I'll go, because i got to go be a Christian. Is Christianity, is Christianity what you do, or is Christianity what you are? Now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. They were headed to the, come on guys, they were headed to the the inside. Now watch. And a certain lame man was carried, uh, and he was lame by his mother's womb, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. So is he on the inside or the outside? The outside. The outside. Now watch. Here's the thing. Here, here's what I want to kind of bring across to you. How many of y'all understand, how many of y'all understand here at Temple that every single one of you have a ministry? Say, so where did I get a ministry? You got it when you got saved. You got a calling. You got a responsibility. And that is to share what you have with those who don't have it. Are y'all with me? It is our responsibility, Peter said it this way, sanctify the Lord God in your heart, be ready always to give an answer to any man that asketh you of the hope that is in you. We have, a, we have responsibility. It is our job to get the gospel out. It is our job to minister to those on the outside. Well, preach, I thought I was just supposed to come to church. No, no, you're supposed to be the church. This is not the church. This is the building. 
that houses the church. This is the building. This is the place that we gather together. But you are the church. Are y'all with me? It's going to get good, I promise, I promise. Now, when I say say I'm fixing to share with you the New Testament model of the church, and it is so different than what we understand the model of the church is supposed to be. Here's what, in modern day, this is what we do. This is what we do. We come to church so we can see people get saved. Right? And, 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 and even this, and we encourage this, now, now, now by no means, by no means do I mean for you not to invite your people to church. Oh, okay, everybody let's just put that out there right now. Please invite them to church. Please. But our idea of Christianity is we go out here and say, come to the church. Come to the church because in, in our head, then the preacher can show you how to get saved. Right? But do you know what? That was not the purpose of the gathering of the church. That was not the purpose of the church gathering together. When the church gathered together, it was the church gathering. In other words, the people that were already saved. Now, why were they doing that? I thought church was for evangelism. Watch. The church is for edification. According to Ephesians chapter number 4. Don't look it up. I don't have time. I got, a, I got a lot of stuff to share, so trust me on this. Write this down and go look it up at home. Ephesians chapter number 4 says, God gave leaders to the church for the perfecting of the saints. That word perfecting means maturing, developing, completing, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Watch this. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So what is, what is the biblical model? According to, this, according to this book, according to this chapter, it is our responsibility as the church to come in here, to save. We're to come in here, and we're to get trained, and we're to get developed, and we're to get encouraged. We're to get edified. We're to be mature. We're to grow in our Christian life. We're to become, we're to go from babes in Christ to soldiers in the army of the Lord, and then we're to take what we got in here and go out here and minister to somebody and win them to Jesus. And when we win them to Jesus, we bring them back into the church so they can be edified. The body, the church, the individual is supposed to go out and evangelize and then bring their convert into the church to be edified. Woohoo! Can you imagine how in the world did they turn the world upside down starting with 120 people and it went to 3,000, then it went to 5,000 and 10,000? How did they do that? Because it wasn't just what was going on in the building. The church got outside the walls and was evangelizing. And then they'd bring them in and then the disciples would edify them train them and teach them, give them sound doctrine, develop them. Now, watch this. Now, everybody's got a ministry, right? Come on, raise your hand if you got a ministry. Raise your hand if you got a ministry. Come on, raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. I don't care if you've been doing it or not. You got it. Just raise your hand. Come on. Okay. Now, I want you to write these four things down. (laughs) Write these four things. Or five things. Four things. Four things. Number one. I want you to see the secret to their ministry. The secret to their ministry. Man, they go out and they just do incredible things. Where? Not 
on the inside but the... Now, here's the thing. If we're ever... How many of y'all, how many of y'all would like to change Coleman for the better? Y'all know, y'all know, we got the most religious lost community in the world. Now think about that. More churches in Coleman than anywhere. And y'all know we live some crooked people. Some of y'all in here. We got issues. Coleman's got issues. Come on, don't look at me like that. Some of y'all live here old life. Don't act like I'm not telling you. Let's just be honest. Coleman's got issues. But wouldn't you like to make a difference in there? Wouldn't you like it to be said that Temple is, is just knocking it out the park? They are making a difference in Coleman. If, if Temple shut the doors, then everybody in Coleman would know it. Wouldn't, it. wouldn't that be great to be said about? So that means we have to have an influence on the... Not just the... But the... So our responsibility is the... Okay, let me tell you what's going to make a difference in what we do on the is if we're faithful to the very first verse. Peter and John was going into the temple in the hour of prayer. This was the, this was the ninth hour. This was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. There was three designated times of prayer. There was three designated times of prayer. It was uh, 9 in the morning, 12 noon, and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. One the third hour, one the sixth hour, one the ninth hour. Are y'all with me? You remember when they, when they thought they was drunk? And Peter said, I ain't drunk, it's just the third hour of the day. He says, it's nine o'clock in the morning. They ain't had time to get drunk yet. You with me? They were designated times of prayer. There was the third hour, uh, 12 noon, and then the sixth or ninth hour, which was three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, what's my point? They were being faithful to the designated time of prayer. Now, here's what I want everybody to get right here. I am, I am completely, 100%, without question, uh, I believe in the autonomy of the local church. We're an independent Baptist church. What does that mean? That means no other organization is going to come in here and tell us how we do things. We're not going to answer nobody but God when it comes to what we do here in this church I believe in the autonomy of the local church. What does that mean? We follow the Lord according to the way God leads our leaders. Now, I'm saying that on purpose because I want you to understand this. Churches do different stuff at different times. We don't, we don't do it like a lot of churches do. We don't have Sunday school at, at 10 o'clock and then a church service at 11 and then discipleship training at 4 and then church service at night or, or 5 or 6 in the afternoon. And then a, another church service on Wednesday. We do stuff a little different. We have classes on Wednesday. We have a Bible study in here in the auditorium on Wednesday. Our, 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 our service times are a little different. Our ministries are a little different. And that's wonderful. I'm not going to go to all these other churches and say, Hey, you're not right. You're not doing it like we're doing it. Hey, that's none of my business. What they do at First Baptist is none of my business. What they do at Bethlehem West is none of my business. What they do at Bethel Baptist Church in Fort Pierce, Florida, even though that's where I come from, that's my home church, it's none of my business. However, the leaders of that church decide and determine where their designated times are, that's their business. What are you getting at, preacher? Here's my point. If you are, I don't care if it's six services a Sunday. I'm talking about different services. 
I'm not talking about like you pick one and come to that. Y'all know most churches have a morning service and an evening service. If that's what your church has, then you should be faithful to it. I don't care if it's eight or one. If whatever the leaders have designated for that particular local church, if you are a member of that local church and they have created an opportunity for you to grow and you to learn, it is your responsibility to be faithful and support that local church because that's where you have determined that God has put you and you should be faithful. You don't have to be great. You don't have to be talented. You don't have to be skilled. But it is required that we be faithful. Anybody can be faithful. And the Bible says there was a designated time, so guess what? Peter and John was being faithful to what was going on in the house of the Lord. They were being faithful to what was designated inside the building. Are y'all with me? Now here's my point. If we do not learn to be faithful on the inside, we'll never be effective on the outside. Now here's the thing. Now, I'm going to just throw this out there. You can do what you want with it. But if your Christianity ain't strong enough to get you to church on Sunday, I'd I'd just wonder if it'd get me into heaven. You say, why are you saying that? Because if you are saved, there is a divine nature that God has put in you. There is a craving. There is a desire for the sincere milk of the Word. Then there should be a desire to fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you have a greater desire to hang out with hoodlums and God's people, there's a problem. And we'll never, we'll never be effective. We'll never be effective on the outside if we never learn to be faithful to the inside. So there's a secret. There's a secret. It's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. Isn't it good? You know, there's, a, there's a lot of things. Salvation is so great because anybody can get it. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be educated. You don't have to be financially well off. It's free. God made it whosoever will. Isn't that great? Now, you know, and then the other part's the same way. Guess what? Don't matter if you're rich or poor, you can be faithful. It doesn't matter if you're educated or not. You can be faithful. Church, say amen. Amen. The secret to their ministry. They were faithful. They were faithful. They were committed. Whatever was designated. And and please understand that. I'm telling you. I I don't care if it's one. If your church only has one service on Sunday, bless God, be there. And don't criticize those that have five. And if yours has five, don't criticize those that are one. Because if that's the way their leaders have designated, they're autonomous, they're doing what God's leading into you, you do what God's leading you to do. But whatever it is, five or one, be faithful. Church, say amen. Number two. Number two. I want you to see the subject of their ministry. <clears throat> the subject of their ministry. This is, this is, this is something. When I, when I share all the, all the things about this, it's going to blow your mind. <clears throat> The subject of their ministry. In other words, who they're ministering to. Some of us have the the wrong idea that our ministry consists of in here. I remember remember several years ago before we had an attitude adjustment at Temple. I'm serious. I mean that. I'm I'm not being funny or anything about that. We had a serious spiritual attitude adjustment at Temple. 
Because we had a ministry called the Care Ministry that dealt with first-time attenders, people on the outside. And it was like pulling teeth to get people to help with that ministry. Nobody wanted to help with that ministry. But then I had a brainy idea. I said, what about an in-care ministry? We'll get teams of people, gather them together, and, and, and come together and care for our people. And you know what? The very first time I put it out there, we had 70 people volunteer. I thought, I finally come up with an idea that's a good one. I shared that with a friend of mine, and he just shook his head with a terrible look on his face. He said, that's terrible. I said, what do you mean it's terrible? He said, that means your people care more about who's in the building than who's out the building. And we were inwardly focused. We cared about our own. Woo, getting tired, ain't it? But see, but see, that's in the past. And we're going to do like Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. We're not going to be like that no more. We're going to understand the people that are on the outside are critically important to what's going on on the inside. We're getting trained and developed and helped and encouraged and edified on the inside so we can go out and do something for those that are on the So here we have this lame fellow. <clears throat> now watch this. Write these three things down. I want you to see, I want you to see his frustration. His frustration. <clears throat> or, or his his situation. What word I have right there? His condition. That's a good one too. Don't you see his condition? <clears throat> he was lame from his mother's womb. Now, tell me that's not a picture of a lost man. He's lame. He cannot walk. He cannot walk properly. And he's been in this condition since his mother's womb. What did David say? In iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. You know what David's saying? He said, I didn't just get broke. I've been broke. I was broke when I got here. The moment that I was born, I was born into sin. I was born broken. I was born unable to walk right. I was born unable to talk right. I was born in a sinful condition and a broken condition. And I've been in that condition. And if you're here today and you're breathing air, you were born broke too. He was lame from his mother's womb. Lame from his mother's womb. Then, then write this down. B, I want you to see his frustration. Not only his condition, but his frustration. <clears throat> you say, why is he frustrated? Why is he frustrated? Because he has to depend on somebody else. He is a burden. He is a burden to his family. Now let's look at this in a way. Let's look at this in a way. How many people that have addictions like crazy are a great burden to their family? How many people that are out in sin? I, I, I'm getting phone calls every day frustrated because they can't get this person fixed and they can't get this person off of meth and they, they can't, and they say it's just destroying our family. There's so many people outside these walls that because of sin, they are a great burden on their family. They bring abuse into the home. They bring addiction into the home. They bring, listen, all, you, you just name it. And the, and, the, and the family's been praying for them. And the family has been trying to help them. And the family's been trying to change them. And the family's been trying to do all of this stuff. But because of their condition, 
they're a burden on the family. Listen, this is the part I want everybody to get. This may be the message. This may be what everybody in this building needs to hear. The Bible says, they laid him at the gate of the temple. Now watch. Which is on the... He's on the outside. Now watch. Now watch. Look in verse number. Look in verse number 2. They laid him at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that... In other words, that were going to the... Now think about this. There was somebody on the... That was looking to those going on the... You getting it yet? All right, let me keep reading. Who seeing Peter and John asked to go into the, or about to go into the temple, asking on, Peter fastened his eyes upon him, with John said, look on us, and he gave heed unto them. What's the next word? Say it. Say it. Now what, what, what does that teach us? There are people on the that have expectations toward those who are inside. Think about that. Let us soak in a minute. In other words, there are people that are broken. There are people that are needy. There are people that are hurting. There are people that are helpless. There are people who have just given up all hope. But they are looking at and looking to and expecting from these people that are on the outside are hoping that somebody on the can give them something that's going to change their situation. Man, I hope you're getting that like God gave it to me. I don't think I'm explaining it well enough, but you need to understand this. We're on the inside shouting. We're on the inside singing. We're on the inside praising God because we've been delivered. We've been saved. We have a home in heaven. God's grace is sufficient. God has provided our needs. And man, we're in here having a good time thanking God and praising God. Oh, it's wonderful on the inside. Man, there's good singing. There's good fellowship. There's good care. And there's good care, compassion one with another. While the whole time there's people on the outside that are starving to death for what's going on on the inside. There are people that are hungry that are looking for what you have on the inside. But they're still on the... Now if all we ever do and if our Christianity only consists of what's going on on the... What in the world are the people on the... ever going to do? Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. You work beside people every single day that's looking to you for help. Because they're on the... Why don't they get on the inside? Most of them don't know there's help on the inside. Well, they ought to just come. Not according to this pattern. Did you see Peter? Hey, man, if you go in there. Y'all like this? Good. Let's go to number three. 
I want you to see this. I want you to see the sharing of their ministry. Number three, the sharing of their ministry. We saw the secret, we saw the, we saw the subject, then we see the sharing of their ministry. There's three things I want everybody to get right here. <clears throat> Write this down. First, Peter was aware of the situation. The Bible says he fastened his eyes upon him. He was aware. What, what does that mean? Let's apply that. Are you aware of who's around you every day? Or have we put on spiritual blinders to the point that we don't see the hurting around us? How many times do we pass people every day that's broken? I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to take away the testimony of one of the mission workers. But they got broke down in in uh, in Georgia. Where was that at in Georgia? Y'all remember? Douglasville. Is that Douglasville, Georgia? Anywhere in Georgia is horrible. Say amen. Tammy in here. Oh, you are in here, aren't you? Except Swainsboro. Swainsboro is a wonderful place, Tammy. Wonderful. Here they are broke down in, in, in Pizza Hut. And, 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 and they send me a picture of them playing dominoes in Pizza Hut. Y'all don't, don't get it, do you? Domino's Pizza. Come on, people! said, look at the irony. So here they are, broke down, they got something to eat, went to get in the bus, and they wouldn't crank. And one of the, one of the mission workers, one of, our, one of our missionaries that went from our church, and they're all missionaries, you win 600 people to Christ, you're doing something, say amen. One of them said, I just feel like maybe God wanted us to talk to the waitress. I just feel that. I feel a burden that God, maybe God let us break down here so we could. So guess what she did? She went in there and was helping her bust the tables and waited till she wasn't busy and said, I need to talk to you. And here we are. This waitress was in here and she led the waitress to Christ in Pizza Hut restaurant. Now think about this. Think about this. How many times do we just go through our life? We go to a restaurant, we go here, we go there, and we're just totally blindfolded to everything that's around us. Ministry's not, hey, ministry's not difficult. Well, I don't know who to minister to. That's because you got your eyes closed. Jesus is sitting at a well. He's minding his own business. He's tired and wore out. They went to get him a sandwich. And here come a woman. What does Jesus know? This is an opportunity. You want me to tell you why we're not seeing opportunities? We're not looking for them. Peter was aware. He looked at him. Let's become aware. But see, you'll never become aware unless you do the second one. Write this down. B, write this down. He was concerned. He cared. You got to care first. And shame on us if we, we're called the children of God and we 
and Christians and we don't act like Christ. Psalms 142. How many people on the outside? How many people on the outside are, are lamenting this lament that, that the psalmist is saying in Psalms 142, verse 4? I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Let me tell you what's going to make a difference to those on the outside if those on the inside start caring about those on the outside. It's amazing how much of a burden we have for lost souls while our grandchildren are lost. But you let them all get saved and see where that goes. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm going to just tell you this. There have been times I just, you know, I just want my kids saved. I want my family saved. And I, want, and, and I need to have the same burden for your kids. He was concerned. He cared. Peter cared. I'll tell you what will change the world is when the world starts feeling like the church cares about them and is not just judgmental toward them. Now, I'm not going to jump on no stool and say, you know, we're all, you know, Christians are judgmental and we should just let everybody be whatever they are. Y'all know I preach against enough sin around here. Y'all know where I stand with that. But I'm afraid there's too much hypocrisy in the church. And that's why the world is the way they are. It's not the judgmental or, or, or the judgment they feel like we're doing. It's the hypocrisy that they're seeing. And when they see hypocrisy, this is what goes there. They don't care. They don't care. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. See, he was concerned. He was aware. He made himself aware. I want to be aware of the needs around me. And I want to care enough about it to do something. Are y'all with me? Then lastly, write this down. Not lastly, lastly, lastly on this one. <clears throat> he was aware. He was concerned. And he was prepared. This may be the reason most people on the inside are not ministering those on the outside because they're not ready. I quoted this a while ago, 1 Peter 3, 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready. Now, they see, this is Peter speaking, same one that is doing the ministering here. Be ready. Say it with me. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. When? Always. When? Always. You know what that means? That means if somebody's coming up to you broken and needing a help, needing an answer, you shouldn't have to call the preacher. Now, if the, if the need be, that's fine. I'll, I'll, man, anytime I'll lead somebody to Christ, no matter what time of the day it is. But you shouldn't have to do that. Be ready always. Always to give an answer to every man. How many of them? Every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now, watch this. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, such as I have. Say, so what he have? Apparently, according to this verse I just read, he had hope. He had Jesus. Let me give you a commercial too. This really, it's really, it's just something God showed me. It's just something God showed me, but it may not necessarily go with the message. But God doesn't want to just make you more comfortable in your brokenness. If we go out and just feed the poor. If we go out and just pay their light bill and don't give them Jesus, they're just going to be still broke and lost. 
except they're going to be more comfortable in their lostness. It's, it's kind of like to give a fish and teach a man to fish. God wanted more than for him to be, just be comfortable in his brokenness. God wanted him to be delivered. He says, such as I have. Now let me ask you a question. If you're born again, what do you have? That's right. You say, preacher, I just don't know the verses. Learn them. But guess what? You don't have to know all the verses. You have to do what Jesus told the demoniac who was delivered. He said, just go home and tell them what happened to you. If you're saved, you have a testimony. You have a story. Just tell what happened to you. But I think we need to go further than that. I think we need to all, as children of God, we need to learn it. We need to be prepared. We need to train. We need to be mature and know the verses of the Bible so you can share the Word of God to somebody who's broken and helpless. And all God's people say it. Now watch this. Watch this. Number, number four. Number four. Don't you see the success of their ministry? The success of their ministry. The burden was lifted. The Bible says, the Bible says he took him by the hand and lifted him up. He took him by the right. You know what? Sometimes people just need a hand. You don't have to preach a revival sermon. You don't have to be a worldwide, world-renowned evangelist. Maybe you just need to give somebody a hand. He took him by the hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Preacher, what are you saying? He relieved a burden. He lifted a burden. But then, we not only see a burden was lifted, but then we see a convert was made. A convert was made. Watch this. This is so cool. This is so cool. Oh, did I say this was so cool? Look in, look in verse number, look in verse number eight. Now, now, before we read verse eight, all right. Peter and John is going to the, and they run into somebody on the. All right. Now watch. Now watch. When they, when the people on the, ministered to the one on the. Watch this right here. <laughs> and he leaping up stood. And walked, watch, 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 read this sentence with me all the way to the comma. And entered with them into the Where's he at now? You know you were a success. When he who was once on the goes with you to the That's not spiritual, but it cranks my tractor. Anytime I see somebody broken, anytime I see somebody helpless, anytime I see somebody without hope, and they feel like all is lost, and they find Jesus, and they find help, and somebody from the inside encouraged them and ministered to them and witnessed to them, and now they're coming with them. Somebody say amen. 
When's the last time you who are on the inside have went to the outside and brought somebody from the outside to the inside with you? Somebody say amen. Well, I, I got something else. I got something else. Man, we're running out of time. All right, watch, 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 watch. He entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and what? All right, now watch, now watch. The success of their ministry, a burden was lifted, a convert was made, God was praised. Say amen. Now watch this. Watch it. Look at verse number 11. Verse number 11. You there? Now people are coming from everywhere because they know who he is. They know who he is. They know this is the guy that can't walk. This is the guy that's broken from his mother's womb. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 11. Are you there? Now this is for those on the inside. And as the lame man which was healed. What's the next word? Say it again. Brother John, come up here real quick. This is is Peter. It's what we got, you know. All right. This is the Apostle Peter. I'm the lame man. I'm the lame man. According to this verse, this is what, this is what, hang on, come, 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 We need a John. John was younger than Peter. All right, come on over here. He was lighter, too. All right, all right, yes, he was. And, and this is John. And this is John. According to verse number 11, according to verse number 11, Peter and John, man lame from his mother's womb, this is what's happening. Come on. Hey, 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 hey. Ho, 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 ho. Read it. Read the verse. Read the verse. Verse 11. Read it out loud. What's that word? Uh huh. What's he doing? He's holding them. You know why? Because he's healed. Somebody on the inside. Cared enough about somebody on the outside. And when, that, when, when Peter and John ministered to him, I guarantee you this, they earned a lifelong friend. Because all he could do. When the crowd come, you know what they saw? That right there. Let's give them a hand. Go ahead, guy. Now watch. Now watch. Some of the greatest friends I've ever had in my life, and I still have to this day, they would probably cut you for me. We're broken people on the outside. I use Paul, Paul as a perfect illustration. Paul Owens, Paul Allen Owens, P.A. Owens. Just everybody thought he was just too far gone, too mean, too crazy, too sinful, too wicked. And I sat, at his, I sat at the hood of his truck till like 3 o'clock in the morning witnessing to him. And he finally got saved, and I'm talking about he got the verily, verily kind. And I'm telling you this, to this day, I could take my phone right now, put it on speakerphone, and call him and say, Paul, I am in a bad, bad situation. I need $1,000. You know what he'd say? He said, tell me where to send it. I say, I say, Paul, there's like seven guys in the church that's going to just beat me up after church because they're mad because they're sinners, and I preached on their sin. He said, tell them to wait on me. <laughs> Is that not what he'd say? 
He told a group of cops that came to pick him up one day at his house, said, you know, PA, we got to take you to jail. They all knew him. He said, you may, but you're going to be real tired when you get there. That's his exact words. Guess what? They left him at home. Amen. <laughs> He's my friend for life. I don't have no friends. Well, get out of the inside. Find somebody on the outside and help them with their problem. And I guarantee you, you may just find your PA. And all God's people say it. What's the point of this whole sermon, message? <clears throat> What's the point? Let's take what we have in here, out there. Don't be a Sunday morning weekend warrior. Let's be a daily disciple who lives it every day. Every day. And all God's people say it. Let's stand. Let's stand. Father, thank you, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessing. <clears throat> thank you for your word. <clears throat> God, I pray for those that are here. <clears throat>